Hello, and welcome back to the Lana Berry Show with Lana Berry. I am your host, Lana Berry, and we are back this week with the one and only Molly Knight. She has been on two previous podcasts with me, including my first ever podcast. So if you, for some reason, haven't listened to those, go back and give them a listen. They're very evergreen. Um, the first one I think is really funny just because it includes lots of weird and random facts about me and uh, my time in Idaho as a child. That's what I take from it. That's that's what I remember because I feel like that's what people bring up the most often on Twitter. Anyway, um, we had a really great conversation. We always have a great conversation. I really wanted to have her on this week because the MLB playoffs were about to start and I'm feeling really weird about it. I'm feeling really iffy about it. I'm still feeling very wounded from the 2017 World Series and I knew she would be the perfect person to talk to about that. So we definitely talk about that. We talk about all sorts of other things, everything from wanting to adopt like 100 dogs and me meeting Jason Bateman and being a total creep. And we talk about Brittany. We talk about anxiety. We just really get into all of it. This is pretty standard for our conversations. Pirate also makes several appearances, as you will hear and notice. Um, including at one point, a kind of a mystery. Did he jump into someone else's car? Did he run into someone else's house? Stay tuned to find out. I would like to say, though, this is not a sports podcast. And you might be asking, but Lana, the two first guests you've had on since you came back have been sports related. And I would say that's true. But just as they are in the world of sports, we are all very multifaceted people, and there will always be sports-related people on this podcast because I have a lot of relationships in that industry. I love sports, but this is not a sports podcast. And yes, I feel weird saying that right before I introduce a podcast where we definitely talk a lot about baseball, but that's neither here nor there. I just really wanted to make that clear because I feel like I don't want to lead you down the wrong road. I don't know where this road is going, but I do know this isn't like a sports news commentary type thing. I don't know that it has ever been. I'd kind of actually like your take on this because even though it kind of started off with the intention of being a sports podcast in like 2015 when this started, um... And I definitely talk to a lot of people in the industry on the show. I feel like it, it never has quite been that. But I would like your perception of what you think this is. We'll see where this is taking us. I don't know. I'm going to stop rambling. I just want to quickly introduce Molly Knight in case, in, in case you are unfamiliar with her. She is a writer for The Athletic. She has written the New York Times bestselling book, The Best Team Money Can Buy. She used to be an ESPN The Magazine writer. She has been a long-time baseball writer, and she um, also gets to do really cool cover stories on celebrities, which is something she really doesn't talk about that often. 
Um, but I think it's a really cool aspect of what she gets to do. It's just like a random cool thing that she does where so she'll be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go introduce or inter- interview like so-and-so for this cover story. And I'm just like, what? Like she got to do like a really great cover story on JLo a few years ago. And it's just it's interesting to me. Um, I hope you really enjoyed this podcast. Please let me know your thoughts. Thank you for listening. Here we go. Uh, I'm excited that you're here and I'm excited to talk to you. And um, I'm very tired, but that's okay. How are you? Um, I'm good. I'm not as tired today for some reason as I normally am, which is weird. Um, <laughs> I know. You ever like, I, I don't know, I've been, I've been getting sort of better at observing my moods or observing my energy levels and not getting too attached. Um, and when you do that, it's always, it can be somewhat weird when you realize like sometimes you wake up in a good mood for some reason, no reason. And sometimes you wake up in a bad mood for no reason. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you wake up exhausted and you're like, why I didn't, I don't know why I'm so tired. But today I didn't feel as, I mean, I didn't do anything, but (laughs) (laughs) I think today, well, I haven't been sleeping that well this week, so that makes sense. But I think part of it is I think I have allergies and it affects my eyes and it just makes me feel really, really, really tired because my eyes feel really heavy. But beyond that, I had really bad anxiety for like five days. And so I think I'm just zonked from that. How did your anxiety manifest? Does it in your throat still? Yeah. So yeah. So for me, it just feels mostly physical. It's usually not in my head just because as you know, because we talk about this all the time, um, I'm pretty good at not letting my thoughts go too far mm-hmm. and like going like down like crazy, like anxiety tangents anymore. I mean, I certainly still have my moments. But um, yeah, so it was just like several days of like, it feels like intense pressure in my throat and it feels physically uncomfortable and it makes my, um, my heart race, which makes me feel very, very anxious. So it's fine. Yeah. No, there's nothing more exhausting than anxiety. You just like, you run through your body's battery life by like 2 p.m. and bedtime is like 6.30, you know? Yeah. Um, when you space I felt that on Sunday um it it was very sometimes I think I I get um anxious when there's too much news even if it's not bad news yeah it's just overwhelming yeah like I I was sitting there on Sunday at the Dodger game and there were like first of all like every MLB game was on at the same time and a lot of them had you know implications for the playoffs and you know my job and so I was trying to keep track of all that while trying to watch the game I was attending and then like um and then I'm sitting there and the game's about to end and I'm supposed to start writing and then Billy Epler gets fired the Angels GM and then the Trump tax return story on the New York Times which you know is a public interest and I I wanted to read came out and it was just like there was too much happening and, and oh and all the NFL games were happening it was just like 
but I definitely felt like there's so much happening that I need to be aware of or want to be aware of and I there's not enough time and to like take it all in and it just was like I definitely was feeling kind of squirrely and not great. Yeah I was thinking about that today not in that specific context of like there's just a lot happening yesterday but just being on Twitter where we get so much information all the time and it's like I don't think our bodies fully process like what's actually important and what's not anymore and so it's just like we have this non-stop barrage of information good and bad and everyone's responses to it so we have like everyone's emotions and all of the information and it's so hard to like sift through it all and be like wait what's actually happening here and what actually matters yeah no i we're like little mice like pushing the button to get more food until we die you know (laughs) that's what i feel like um no and i like i don't even know that our brain i don't think our brain initially we've talked about this before like there's not much difference between the feeling of excitement and the feeling of anxiety. It's just how we interpret it because our bodies do the same thing, right? When you're excited, you know, or or, or you could get good nervous, you know, like, and I think especially if you have like anxiety issues, sometimes you'll get really excited about something and then all of a sudden you'll feel so stressed about it. And I'm like, wait a second, like, this is, this is exciting. You have to like remind yourself that it's exciting. That's why I always get like anxiety whenever I start dating someone I really like. That's why my anxiety is like off the charts because I'll just be excited and kind of like floating on air and then it'll sort of turn into without even the person like doing anything bad or me having negative feelings about anything. It'll just, it can just like, you know, it can start to make me just like feel nervous about I don't know, doing something to screw it up or, or I don't know, just it could, that it could go wrong or something. Well, that's um, how I feel with like working creative projects is yeah. I'm like, I'll get so excited about something. And then I immediately have this like, Ugh. yeah, <laughs> Which I think it's common. I think it is. And I think that, um, yeah, I think that when some part of the reason that, you know, something's important, whether it's a, work project or you know a a romantic thing or friendship that's important to you or what something a personal goal is when you get nervous you know because you want to go well or you get upset when it's not going well I mean or fearful that it won't go well because then it's like oh this actually matters to me yeah like just think about the feeling like the feelings when you're you're worried that you accidentally hurt someone you care about, you know, or something happened and like you forgot someone's birthday or you did something and forgot, you know, and just like, Oh God, that's like the worst feeling in the world for me. Um, not so much with birthdays cause we're not, we're not five years old, but you know, just, <laughs> no, but just like when you, when you, uh, I don't know, you're, you, you totally forget and you let someone down or something yeah. happens it's awful. It's the worst feeling, you know, but then that just kind of shows like how much you, you care about the person, right? Right. Because if you you didn't care, you'd be like, whatever. Um, your comment on dating though, just reminded me of the conversation we were just having like yesterday about your dating app idea that you're, Oh my God. (laughs) I'll share it though. Someone's going to steal. Okay. I'm not going to share the name for it. 
But the names are so good. I know, but I, I'm not going to share the names because someone's going to steal this idea. Uh, but I will share in general the idea, which... Wait, might- hang on. Before you start, if anyone listening to this is an app developer, <laughs> please contact Molly. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get this well, ball rolling. This might be illegal. I don't know. but um, But anyway, my idea is that... Um, you know, a lot of us are um, exploring our options uh, in terms of where we might want to move. Um, well, some people were talking about it before because of politics, obviously, like, oh, so-and-so wins, wins the president, I'm going to move to wherever, and people on both sides of the aisle have been saying that forever. But for me, it kind of came about with just, like, how bad the coronavirus is in America and just like how many more people have died here than in any other, you know, advanced nation. And just kind of goes to just how terrible our, um, our health is. I mean, we can, we can talk about leadership and, and, you know, obviously some things were, some mistakes were made. Um, but we have just, you cannot deny we have one of the worst healthcare systems in the world um, because so, a lot of people don't have healthcare or you go to the doctor because you, you cut your toe open like I did last year and I have health insurance. Kind of about that. Yeah. I cut my, my middle toe open and I had to get stitches and they had to give me x-rays to make sure it wasn't broken. And I went to urgent care, you know, um, and I have health insurance and it was still like 400 bucks. They told me it was free. They told me it was covered at the time. Then I got a bill later. Right. Yeah. Just stuff like that. And I'm fortunate enough where like I can pay that bill. I'm not like super rich. I don't have a trust fund, but I can, I can pay that bill and be mad, but a lot of people can't. So anyway, so my idea for an app was, um, should things get really bad with this pandemic or, or anything? Right. And you just are like, I, I want to get out of here and go to a place where healthcare is free and other things are free. Um, uh, there needs to be an app like, like, to find a Canadian or um, an Australian or a New Zealander, right? And I have different names for it. We're the names you know, I think are good. They um, the dating currency for people in Canada has never been higher right now, right? Because they have the virus under control and things seem to be, you know, decent. Going They're decently. nice people. Yeah, um, but you know, like Americans, I never thought thought like of myself as better than a Canadian. Some Americans roll their eyes, you know, the Canadians. Um, and, uh, but no, their, their currency has never been higher and they should be cashing in right now. Um, you know, because people might want to look into moving there or getting dual citizenship. <laughs> so if there's an app where like that could match, you know, uh, Canadians with Americans or Canadians with Kiwis or Australians. Um, yeah, then that's my idea. Alternatively, you can, you could just like, um, swipe on those people on the regular dating apps, um, which is, you know, but they don't always identify themselves as, as such as having things. Yeah. This might be illegal. I don't know. (laughs) I'm not encouraging people to commit fraud. I'm encouraging people to find love, love across across the border. Yeah. I'm not encouraging anyone to fake a marriage. Um, but you know, if we get into a Handmaid's Tale situation, I'd like to know I have, I have options because I, I don't, I've been in 
California for five generations, I can't claim any other country. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, I can't either, so. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, yeah, that was my fading up idea. It's really not as good unless I tell you the names, but I'm not going to tell you. The names really tie it all together. I'm not going to tell you the names. <laughs> Before I, we... Well, I, did, was, did Pratt text me about this? Did you tell Pratt? And then he was... He, I think he texted me something funny about it. About, I did tell I, him because yeah. he had been talking about um, moving to Vancouver. Where <laughs> um, I would go if I picked any place in Canada. Montreal is beautiful, but I don't speak French. Um, you don't have to speak French, but I just feel like you miss out on the full experience, right? If you just speak English. Um, I, I took French for like... Ooh, six years I want to say maybe a, like give or take a year I can speak very little but it's a it's it's a it's a fun language to speak I could easily make Toronto work Toronto is a fantastic city um with a lot of like really cool stuff happening really cool cultural center cultural like um a multicultural hub and awesome food and like every I mean, they have sports and, and, um, and every, like, every musician or band or artist goes through there, too. So, like, they have, they have everything I want. It's just, it's cold. It's really cold. That's the thing. I don't think I could do it. I think it would just be too cold for me. I mean, there are great things about it, but it's very cold. You just have to, you just have to get a, like, when I moved to New York and I had to buy cold clothes, you know? You yeah, but do- it's. I mean, you can get cold clothes, but it doesn't really, like, it's still really cold. I've lived in cold climates. It's still cold. No, I know. I'm t- But, like, you know, it's better than the, if the Handmaid's Tale. I mean, yeah, one. I guess. You know? Yeah. I, I mean, I'd prefer to live in, like, Australia or something, but he can't really do that with his job. So it's, it's basically Vancouver or bus because he wants to stay on the West Coast, which we're not actually moving. But, like... In this but weird he, alternate he, timeline. Just because of the time difference, he couldn't do his job from Australia? Yeah. And he wants to be able to, like, fly back to for, like, homestands. <laughs> oh, my God. Really good plan. <laughs> you should apply to be the GM of the Angels. They have an opening now. <laughs> I was looking at the I list. I could be the GM of the Angels. Any of us could. I was looking at the list of like potential candidates that one outlet put out there. I'm not going to say who or what or whatever. And I was just like, man, I'm just so tired of the same people, you know? Right. Yeah. Like the only name I saw on Twitter was Dombrowski. Yeah. And it's fine. And I don't have anything against him personally. It's not that it's, I mean, I'm sure he's always the same, like small group of dudes. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like, can we get creative? me like creativity like I was sort of every time it's, it's amazing like when people actually try something creative and then it works it's like that everybody wants to like copy that it's it's amazing like yeah like when you go out and get like a young man like in all industries too yeah I mean like when you go out and get like get a super young head coach like Sean McVay. I mean, obviously he had been, he had like ties and fam- with his family and all that, but like, you know, they, 
teams aren't usually hiring like 30 year old head coaches. Like it just doesn't really happen. And then he was just like really good. Now other teams are like, like Arizona's like, we got to get Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury. We got to get this guy, you know, like yeah. all these, or just like once they decided, Oh, like we're actually going to draft these young, like exciting black quarterbacks in the first round, you know, we're and just like, and think that their game is going to translate into the pros. And then, it, and then it did. Now everyone's like, whoa, you know, like it, it's just crazy. And when people, when it was sort of thought of that you had to like kind of draft this like slow white guy with a big arm before, you know, like it just, yeah. I don't know, just to like, I just, yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's just how we do everything in life where it's like someone breaks the mold and everyone calls them crazy unless it works. And then if it does work, everyone just wants to recreate that. And so we're always in the cycle of recreating someone else's success instead of just taking our own risks. I would love it if the angels hired somebody that no one had ever heard of. And I don't mean someone who has no baseball experience. I mean, like somebody who works in a front office who somewhere who's just like really smart and creative and different and, but is not like has not been talked about for a hundred GM jobs before, has not been a GM before, has not been like promoted himself. You know what I mean? Like just somebody like that you're like, who's that? And then you look into it and you find out, oh, this guy's really, or this, I know it's going to be a guy because, you know, we're not, we're still in the stone ages, but you look into it and you're like, oh, this person is actually really smart, you know? Yeah. Um, they just haven't been given a chance yet. And they, they don't play the schmoozy game at the, you know, winter meetings or whatever. God. Yeah, like I don't know. Exhausting. It's just got to be like some nerd from the Rays, or even like some nerd. There's some teams that have drafted really well lately. Like the Diamondbacks have drafted well. The White Sox have drafted well. Like you know, somebody that's like a nerd in their front office who does not have a show on MLB Network. You know. Oh my God. <laughs> so as of the time that we are recording this we are on the eve of the mlb playoffs in this year of our lord 2020 yep um i don't even know where to begin but i do know that i do want to talk to you about our favorite subject which is our total disdain for sports which is weird to say, but I was thinking about it earlier this week and how pain is really the universal sports fan experience because so few teams get to actually win ever. You know, there's one team that wins every year in every league. And even if your team does win, unless you're a Patriots fan, you're probably not going to experience that joy over and over again. So it's like you're, you still feel bad all the time. It's just, it's just really feeling bad all the time. I think that the pain of losing is more intense than the joy of winning. Like, I think that if Dodgers win the World Series this year, people will, Dodger fans will be really, really excited, you know, and they'll buy t-shirts or whatever they do, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, apps to commemorate it and be happy um 
and they'll get they'll do something Christmas you know the the Jersey sales will be high for the for the holiday season through Hanukkah and Christmas and whatever else people celebrate but I don't know that people are going to wake up thinking about it every day between now and spring training like they do a loss <laughs> but also love to be miserable they love to go on Twitter and torture themselves and they love to just like you know it's because it's the universal experience. So more people are going to resonate and understand and commiserate with you when your team sucks or when they're losing or when you're in pain than when you win. That's why people get so mad at like people whose teams win all the time because it's not the universal fan experience. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I just, I mean, the Dodgers haven't won we're in a situation where the Lakers are a lot of LA sports happening. Right There's now. a lot happening in general right now. LA sports. I mean, I know that the angels aren't, I'm just talking about like my purview as being an LA columnist for the athletic. Okay. Um, the angels technically are under that purview. So the angels fire their GM, the Clippers fired doc rivers today. Yes. Um, or actually I'm not even sure what the semantics are. Maybe they had a yeah, party. Did he leave. I don't really, whatever. He's not there anymore. <laughs> Parting of ways. It reminds me a lot of the T- Tito Francona and uh, the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. Have somebody who is generally considered to be one of the best um, managers slash head coaches in the game, who players love to play for, who usually has a team in the playoffs, right? Um, and then there's like sort of a spectacular flame out. And then it's like, okay, bye. Where it's, on the one hand, you're like, damn. But on the other hand, it's like, well, he's going to be a free agent for five minutes. Or he could do what Tito did and take a year off, you know, go on, Tito went on, I think, MLB Network or ESPN, I forget what it was. Um, and then kind of take a break, take a rest, like deal with these lingering, like shitty feelings and then have your pick if the job you want that you want isn't open right now if the fit isn't right then you take a year and then you get your pick of like whatever you want basically when i think of terry francona by the way i think of he added me on linkedin (laughs) is that during his gap year what that during his gap year maybe i don't remember probably and he added me on linkedin and endorsed me for blogging do you know how you can endorse people on linkedin he endorsed me for blogging i was like i don't understand at all what's happening right now i've never interacted with him ever but that was just that's what that's what i think of now it was like when a certain other uh manager slid into my dms uh not in a gross like hitting on me way but slid into my dms uh because he thought he erroneously thought that i had been let go by the athletic during layoffs (laughs) (laughs) yes dms to say uh that how like how how shitty it was (laughs) i was like does he know something I don't know? <laughs> Am I being fine? Am I being laid off? So I just like took a screenshot, and this is like a very prominent manager who you all know. Um, 
and I just like took a screenshot and sent it to my editor and was like, uh, "Why do I still have a job?" Everyone <laughs> was like, "Yes." Well, a lot of weird stuff has happened in the last well, year. I, I got a was like, "Thanks for reaching out." Uh, this person who I may have interacted with in the past, but I don't have, don't remember. Um, and I was like, "Thanks for reaching out." Uh, I, 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 I actually still have a job though. And he's like, "Oh, I was, I was told wrong." I'm like, "Who is? Why is he getting information about you anyway?" Like, is there some kind of a group chat where managers discuss the job status of reporters. <laughs> I just was like, wow, they're just as bored as we are, you know? Like <laughs> that pirate I hear. Yeah, he wants to go outside or something. Of course he does. Um yeah. And then he didn't write back and then he DM'd me some other day when I tweeted something about Cespedes when the day Cespedes went missing. Oh my god, yeah. And everyone was making jokes about the Mets and I was like, uh, has anyone called the police? Like, because he just didn't show up for a game. And That was a yeah. wild day. I've been there when that happened with Tweed and, you know, come on. And there was genuine concern for his safety because it just doesn't happen where someone doesn't show up for a game and doesn't call and isn't returning and isn't answering their phone. Like, you worry something has happened, like a car accident or something, you know? Yeah. So, and then he was like... And then he was just opting out. <laughs> I didn't tell anybody. <laughs> no, I feel like he probably did tell someone. Let's be honest, it was the Mets. I feel like he probably did tell someone, and they just chose to, like, you know, release a shitty statement, and then, you know, and then put themselves in a position to get dunked on, and have certain fans of people who care about Jonas Suspedes really are uh, worried about his safety. Yeah. If you can, like, you know, terrify your fans, you have to do it. You know? Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, are you at all excited for these playoffs? I don't know. First of all, I like didn't even realize the playoffs were about to happen until like two days ago because I'm just there's just a lot happening. <laughs> it feels very weird. Like I don't know. I've been covering the playoffs since I started at well, I worked at ESPN for a long time. I started there in 2007, and I've pretty much been to the playoffs every year since then. Different series all over the country. Um, a lot of Dodgers, you know, almost every Dodgers series when I was writing my book and a lot of, um, like the Phillies, Phillies runs when they won the world series and Yankees when they won the world series and giants when they won the world series. And I feel like I've been to a scene games, been fortunate enough to see games in a lot of, of stadiums. Um, and I love it. And playoff games, I mean, and this just feels weird. It doesn't feel like the playoffs. No, Part of it is like no fans. Although, is it, did I hear correctly that Dodgers, that home teams can have their family members there? Um, during the, I've heard both. I've heard, so I heard, um, that family members can go. And then I've heard after that, that they couldn't go. And I haven't heard anything since then because we were going to go into the bubble and then we 
decided not to. Where is the bubble? Is the, I don't. It's in Dallas. Right. No, but, but they're, they're talking about something I was reading today was talking about how home teams during the wildcard rounds can have family. Well, the wildcard rounds here. Right. So they can have family at the games if they've been, I think if they've been quarantining for seven days or something. Well, they've all been quarantining together. Right. For the past but it also seems like most families have probably been doing that throughout the season because so few players have gotten sick, you know? So it seems like so. family members have been really limiting their um, exposure to other people. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I, mean, I, I would think so. I guess it's just a more regulated version of that. Yeah, well, so from my understanding, and I only saw this because people were – dunking on Trevor Bauer on Twitter because he was favorite thing. He was whining about it because the Reds are opening in Atlanta. And he was mad because the Braves get to have the Braves are the home team and they get to have their like a limited number of family members there, but the Reds don't. Yeah, I'm not sorry mom and dad. I guess we should have won more games and I'm like yeah you probably should have you guys are 500 be happy that you're even in the playoffs dude so I guess because they've all been quarantining like in a regulated environment that they can all go they're probably getting bused to and from the stadium so that would make sense and then it's gonna be the same thing we mean in LA they're getting bused I would assume that they would just Oh, you mean they're all in a hotel right now? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I feel like it's actually, I didn't know about the friends and family thing. And while I don't think that like a hundred people provides a competitive advantage, I do think that that is a, a boost. Like that is a net, that is like a nice thing for the teams that did have the better records. Um, I mean, it's something. It's, it's something. And in a weird way, it's kind of like, it's got to be like little league for them, you know, like it's just yeah. their family just their families. <laughs> I mean, they typically kind of know where their families are sitting, so they could always look up there if they were like, oh, like you know, just curious. But um, but yeah, um, that's gonna be funny. I mean, they're not gonna allow any of us writers anywhere near the families, so. No. Yeah, we'll we'll be we'll be quarantined. Do you know? Are they making the writers quarantine in the bubbles? No, no. We don't have. We're not going anywhere near any of them. It's not like the NBA where people are on the floor. You know? Yeah. Like we're not even. Um, very few are traveling. Um, none of our writers for the athletic are traveling for the wild card. It's um, pirate. <laughs> he's whining at me. What do you want? none of our our writers are going um are traveling with the wild card rounds so um people are just going to their home so the dodgers play the brewers at dodger stadium so i will be the only writer from the athletic there Our, our brewers person is not coming I don't think any of our national people. I'm getting him treats, everyone. That's the sound of the, that is the literal sound of the cookie jar. Opening up, so it's 
Um, yeah, so, and then I don't know about the bubble. I am not going to Texas. Uh, unless, unless the Dodgers make the World Series and it seems worth my while to go. Like, I think that's going to be so strange because having been to so many playoff games now, that's such an emotional part of the experience is just having all the fans there and being. They're going to allow fans. And what? Yeah. He wants fans there. Yeah, but is that really going to happen? That's Texas. Why wouldn't he? Look at what Jerry Jones is doing. Yeah, but oof. Texas is the Wild West. And it's not going to well, be. No, I feel like having be. fans at football games is insane, but the stadiums are bigger. But no, I think no, it's not going to be fifty thousand people. If if they have fans, it'll be like ten thousand people or something. That's still. Ooh, I wouldn't go. But would go if they allow. F- I mean, I don't know. I, I actually don't know what I would do. It also depends on certain. Um, I say I wouldn't go. I mean, I, I don't know. But, like, it just doesn't seem like a good idea. I've had too much pain in World Series events. I can't, like, go to another one in the middle of a pandemic. That I think I'm cursed. I mean, for me, and also, I'd have to think about what the cases look like in Texas at that point. Um, what what the upside for me would go and just like for me there are other like family concerns um because <clears throat> my sister I think I told you my sister and her husband um Bryce they sold their house and they're they're in the process of moving into um another house but it's going to take like six so they're gonna they're staying with my mom and their material niece and um I kind of want to spend time with them. Like it's kind of a unique opportunity to get to, I mean, I'll never be, you know, under the same roof with them again. I mean, so I was kind of thinking I could, you know, go down there for a week or something. And, but I would want to get a COVID test and, and, you know, limit my activity. So it just depends. Yeah. Maybe I won't do that. Maybe it's, I mean, maybe I just continue doing what I'm doing and, um, see see my mom and uh the baby but I'm like outside on the um, patio just or out in, the, out in the backyard but you know it'd also be kind of nice after like months of social distancing to yeah kind of have like a little all of us under one roof kind of thing for a little while to hang out I don't know that'd be fun yeah I don't even actually know Actually, might not even work because pirates terrified of the baby. So wait, I thought the pirate liked the baby. Well, she's obsessed with him. She calls on Facetime every day and asks for him. And uh, she, but now she's since she's two, she's like chases him. Oh yeah, he's too much energy for him. Yeah. So if she's, you know, if she. She's in my, if I'm holding her or she's just like sitting calmly, then it's fine. Like she pets him and he's like, it's fine. But if she's 
screaming and running around like a two-year-old, and he's yeah. like, what That's, the fuck? He doesn't have the patience for that. Well, he's very sensitive to energy. Very. He doesn't like, he doesn't like, um. Just like youth. He doesn't like, uh. Like, if you're a puppy or a child with high energy, it's just not going to go well. He doesn't like fr- a frenetic energy. He doesn't like it when, like, even when, like, adults try too hard to, like, play with him or get his attention or something, he's like, no. He's like a cat. He's like a grandpa cat. Yeah. But yeah. in the best way possible. Yeah. I remember when he got to be about six months old, and one day, because he was a puppy, kind of, like, he's never really, he was never, he was never a goober, ever, but, um, he was a puppy, and he didn't, you know, whatever, and then one day, out of nowhere, we were living in New York at the time, there was this dachshund puppy that was sniffing him, and he was sniffing the dachshund puppy, and then all of a sudden, he just, like, growled at it, and I was like, what? He was six months old. (laughs) and I was like he like turned into a grandpa at six months old he was doing the get off my lawn the puppy might have even been older than him I don't know but he was right this is not for me at all no yeah but it's really interesting because there are neighborhood dogs because I've lived in my house for nine years now and there are neighborhood dogs like, people on the block get dogs, and, you know, and when they're puppies, pirates, like, uh-uh, get away from me, and will bark if they are, you know, doing squealing and flopping all over the place at him and trying to jump on him. He's like, no. But I tell their owners, I'm like, all right, well, in two years, pirate will like your dog. Yeah. Huh? And then it's what happens. I can't believe you've lived there for nine years. No. It doesn't feel that way. It's so weird. I can't believe I moved here five years ago. I don't even have a sense of when you lived with me. What what years were that? I lived with you 2015 to... I moved... Okay, I moved here April 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, yes. And then I think I moved out, like, after the season ended in 16? Is that right? I don't remember. I don't know. I think it was 16. Everything is... It's all a blur, and it doesn't even feel like that long ago, which is... It's, yeah. it's, it's weird because I think of everything in, like, high school time. Yeah. Because I think of how long high school felt to me in those four years. And so when I think about, like, four years ago, which feels like yesterday, that blows my mind. Were you living here when the last presidential election happened? Yeah. I don't even I don't even remember. That was 16, wasn't it? Yeah. 15, 16, whenever that was, 16. I don't, but I don't, I don't remember you being here, but it doesn't mean you weren't. I was here. <laughs> no, I remember you being in LA. I'm like, were you living in this house, in my house? Oh, I think I had just moved. Wait, when was it in, at the uh, end of You just, just moved out. Yeah, I think I just moved out. You must have, because all I remember from that day or the next day was yeah, I wasn't living with you. My friend Lindsay coming to my house to pick me up because she had to leave work because she was so upset and I was sitting here alone and we just drove to Malibu. So I was living alone at that point. Come on. Come on. Sorry, pirates. Doing this thing. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't remember. It might, there's a lot I've blocked out. 
but you were talking about the, I don't know, I feel like the Dodgers should easily win. And like, well, we've felt that before. So <laughs> there's, they've never played a two. I mean, I'm sorry, no offense to your listeners from Milwaukee, but they've never played a playoff team as bad as the Brewers because. Well, aren't they the first sub 500 team to ever make the playoffs? I don't know. I think that's what I saw on Twitter yesterday. Like they've never played. I don't, I mean, just from like a factual standpoint. So, and they are on pace for like, well, obviously it's a short season, but they're on pace. They were playing at like 116 or 17 win pace. And they won 43 out of 60 games. Crazy. That is so, um, we know that the best teams don't always win in the playoffs, but this just this seems like a really uneven fight. I'm just so scarred. Like, I'm just permanently scarred. Yeah, I, do. I, I, I don't even – like I told you, I, I – it doesn't feel like the real playoffs to me, even though winning it this year might be harder than any other year. Because um, because of, of just because of the sheer number of playoff wins you have to get, and every playoff win is, is excruciating. So in some ways it's harder, but it doesn't feel like the playoffs. So I don't know that I'm going to level of like like if the Dodgers get bounced by the Brewers in the first round, I'll probably just be like whatever. This feels, is far, the format's a fucking farce. Whatever. It feels like low stakes playoffs to me. Yeah, I mean, I just feel I'll just. I'll just feel that the format is stupid and is well. Not- see, that's the thing. It's like if there, if your team doesn't win, regardless of who you're rooting for, you can chalk it up to like, okay, it's a weird year. We're in the middle of a pandemic. It's a 61 season. They had to play in front of no fans. They're playing in a bubble, and it's like an entirely different playoff structure that could totally screw them over. So it's just like it just feels very low stakes, which could actually work in their favor. Because yeah. maybe they can just relax and have more fun and just play instead of being yeah. so stressed. I don't know. I don't know either. I mean, they're 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 markedly better this year. They have Mookie Betts now. Yeah, that's true. And okay, Pirate. I mean, they're 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 a lot better. They just they are. I mean, it changes the whole dynamic of the team to have to inject some new life in there. To have a guy hitting leadoff you know, puts the ball in play and runs the bases as good as anybody as I've seen since Chase Utley in his prime. I mean, I'm not talking about the takeout slide. I'm talking about being able to go first to third on every single and being able to, you know, score from second on every single, no matter what. Yeah. You know? Like, there's just... It's a, also just a- nice to have, like, fresh blood in there who that's, like, an actual star player to bring some new life and excitement and not so much like I don't know it's just been a lot the last few years yeah where's the where's pirate my dog pirate go up there oh Oh, he's with me sorry my dog um I think just tried to sneak into my neighbor's house (laughs) where are you I had to take him outside because he's oh my crying God. at me. So he's a black dog and it's dark, so I don't know where he went. You lost Pirate? I didn't lose him. During the podcast? No, I didn't lose him. He might have climbed into my neighbor's car. I don't know. Pirate! <gasps> oh, there he is. He's following me around. He's like, okay, come on. You don't, 
This is definitely trying to get in the way of this car. Hey, come here. I'm so glad this is getting recorded. This is that. We're back in. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm a neighbor. I've known my neighbor for, you know, almost a decade. It's fine. He loves my neighbors, so. That's so funny. Although, oh my God. So they used to have a dog, dog named Max. This white little Bichon mix rescue. Empire and Max loved each other because they were both just like old men and, you know, they just stand there together, sniff each other. I mean, even when they weren't old, they just would, they had the right vibe. Yeah. And then Max eventually, you know, got older and um, unfortunately, as dogs tend to do, got to be about 15 and he, and he passed away last year. And um, it was very, very sad. And they went, I mean, they were devastated. And they went and got another dog eventually from the shelter, from this crazy kill shelter. And uh, the dog was another little white dog, kind of like a Bichon, but I'm not really sure. But Empire is freaked out about replacement Max. Like that, it's like when the Brewers replaced Hank, you know? Oh. He's like, which definitely happened. Yeah, that's ex- yeah, that's that's how he feels. He feels the way about this new dog, Sammy, as the way you do about re- did about replacement Hank. That right? absolutely happened, and I'm still bothered by it. Nobody tried to ex- nobody tried to pass off Sammy as Max. Everyone was like, to pirate, like this is Sammy. You know, this is a new dog, and he is just like, what the fuck? That's yeah, not my friend. like. I just he's very bothered by it. Very upset. Well, that's my thing. It's like, okay, if you want to have a dog, rescue dog mascot come in, that's fine. But don't treat me like I'm a fool and I can't tell the difference between two dogs that look similar. No. Weren't they like, oh, no, we gave the dog a bath. Yeah, like, oh, we, we just gave him. No, it's like a completely different dog. Yeah. And they yeah. lied to my face because I asked them directly about it. Yeah, and nobody would have been, I mean, they, they, it was a stray dog. Nobody knew how old the dog was or what the dog's health issues were or anything. And it was a great story, and they, they rescued him. And if they had been what like, they oh. What done is just like, okay, but now we're going to rescue another dog. Yes, yes. But they could have said, uh, Hank passed away. Um, unfortunately, you know, turns out that when we, when we first when he first came into our lives, he had cancer, but, you know, we're so, we're, we're so glad we were able to give him, like, a, a, a great last year of his life, and, you know, he'll never be forgotten, and he touched so many, and, you know, we're going to continue yeah. rescuing pups. Everyone would have been like, oh. Yeah. People love it when you rescue a senior dog and give it, like, a fantastic send-off. Like, my favorite Twitter the best Twitter account in the world is the Golden Ratio Four because they rescue older golden retrievers. And they That's give them their favorite Twitter account. It's the most wholesome thing. Well, that or I've pet that dog. Yeah, it's all just like wholesome. You know, these people adopt these older goldens, many of them with health problems or who have been abused or neglected or whatever, and they give them amazing final years, like with other dogs on the beach you know, in a lovely environment. Uh-huh. It's like, yeah. Anyway. 
I really want a puppy. You've been saying that for years. I know. I really want one. There was one that I found the other day that I was like really close to applying for. The problem with like dog rescues here is that especially right now because everyone's rescuing dogs, it's like you don't really get an opportunity to make sure it's the right dog for you because like Uh, hundred people take it out. Yeah. Well, I think you need to foster and then, you know, well, like so Pratt never had a dog. He grew up with cats. And so oh, that explains so much. <laughs> wow. Okay. So I've like, I'm worried, you know, I, I've taken care of many dogs. So I, I know what I'm getting into. Foster a dog because if it's not the right fit for you, you're doing a great thing and giving the dog a home and, and yeah. using a load on the shelter while it's, um, yeah, and I'm not opposed to um, adopting a dog that's a little bit older. I don't want to, and I love, like, I would love to adopt, like, someone, be someone who, like, saves and adopts senior dogs later, but, like, I don't want his first dog experience to be, like, me taking care of this, like, abandoned senior the dog. that's, like, four, you know? Yeah. I mean, Pirate's going to be 14 this, in, in a month. So, you know, if I adopted Pirate when he was four, then, then like, I'm going, I'll be going, still going on a decade of having him, you know? Yeah. My problem is I just want to adopt every single dog. Like, my dream when I was a kid was 101 Dalmatians. Like, that was actually, like, living out my dream. When they created that live-action one, I was like, I want Those are great. That was great. I used to, oh, man, I watched 101 Dalmatians so many times, and then... When McDonald's had those little 101 Dalmatian figurines, I was all over it. Like in the oh, Happy yeah. Meals. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Did they, did they actually have 101 different ones? Or was it like, that was that just my imagination? Um, I, like at McDonald's? In the Happy Meals. It was like you could get them if you, bought a, mm-hmm. if you got a Happy Meal with chicken nugs like I did. It came with like a little 101 Dalmatian. I don't think they had 101 different, like 100, like. 101 Dalmatians figurines. I'm assuming based on my memory and basic marketing that it would probably just be like the main characters that had names from 101 Dalmatians. Cause you remember how like there was like the, the original litter, they all had names, but then there was just a bunch that came on that joined to create the 101 Dalmatians. So I think it would be like Congo and Purdy, which were the two parents. And then there was like Spot and Rolly or something. And I don't know, they, there was like some that had names. Mm-hmm. I think it was probably the ones that had names that were in the McDonald's Happy Meal. Hold on. Yeah, I think you're right. But God, I, I was obsessed with that when I was a kid and I had 101 Dalmatians, everything in my room, like the sheets, all the toys. I just, and, and even still, that's something that sticks with me is like, I just want to be someone who adopts all the dogs, but not like a hoarder. I just want, I just, something about dogs just really gets me. And whenever I see a dog that's like up for adoption, I just, it hurts me. (laughs) But I could be like, so Howard Stern's wife. Beth, I think her name is, she kind of does that with cats. 
where she saves all the cats and they have a ton of cats at their house like at any given time but she tries to find them homes but she's like yeah, the no, but she's been, Beth, Beth Ostrowski, yeah she's been doing that forever yeah yeah no i no, don't have weird. the space to do that for dogs yeah me too i want to have like a like a farm with a lot of dogs and then i want those dogs to be therapy dogs for um you know for yeah. uh, like schools and hospitals and stuff yeah um when my uh niece the two-year-old i was talking about earlier when she was born um she was there was just uh there were some complications at birth she's totally fine now and you know we were very fortunate and my sister's fine but it was very scary and she was in the NICU for a week and it was a lot of stress um obviously with any NICU situation uh, but uh, and just other things too. My sister was um, hospitalized and different things were happening. And there was one day where it was like, you know, we had to kind of switch off where we were going to some of us. There had someone to be with the baby and one day I was just, I was with the baby and uh, <clears throat> I had like a headache just all week and I hadn't like really reacted emotionally because there was no time and like I hadn't cried or screamed or done anything like that and then the in comes it was a Sunday and in comes this dog this like golden into the NICU that that was like a regular you know that was, that was mm -hmm. and I just like and of course I love dogs so it was not a surprise but I uh, I just went over and pet and like hugged that dog and was like oh my god and cried and um I was like, I mean, I wasn't like sobbing or, you know, I, I pulled it together. It would be fine if I was, but you know, I, I, I just had like, it felt like a release and I was like, whoa, you know, this is, people need this, you know, yeah. this helps a lot um, in times of like really, really uh, stressful situations. This helps a lot. So, <sighs> yeah. Yeah. We all need the loving emotional support of a dog. Yeah. <laughs> All unpired out there, anybody who needs it. I might need it. Yeah. I'm just, uh, I don't know, like I'm just trying to emotionally prep myself for these playoffs right now, I think, because I truly believe that the 2017 World Series like ruined all sports for me. I just don't think that's what I was gonna say earlier. I I just don't think that. I mean, obviously, Los Angeles fans would love sports fans would love nothing more than the Lakers championship and the Dodgers championship. Um, it's been a while since there's been I mean, the Kings won recently in the last ten years, but it's been a while for the other teams. Um, and, uh, but will the Dodgers winning a championship this year make up for no. the fact that they no. were stolen, that one was stolen? I mean, that's just such a shitty thing that happened. It's just, you know, it will, it will always leave a bad taste for me. It, and I feel like it extends beyond baseball now because it's almost like my – emotional boundaries won't let me care about sports the way I used to because it's like we're just it's it it has not ended well for me ever <laughs> and so at some point it's just like won't let me 
care as like a, as a means of protection. Yeah. It was a dark time. Yeah. It was a dark time. And yeah. it was just like, it just left such a bad taste in my mouth that extended beyond baseball. It was just like, I can't bring myself, even in 18, when they went to the World Series again, like, I was so checked out emotionally going into it. I was still into it when it was happening, but just gearing up for it, I was still so drained and like over it from 17. Yeah. I don't know if I'll recover. You won't. I mean, it's like finding out there's no Santa Claus. And I mean, like, I think I've said this analogy before or metaphor, whichever one it is, (laughs) but the 2011 World Series for me, I thought was going to be the worst sports moment of my life. And that like put me out on the ledge and then 2017 just pushed me right off. Like I didn't think it could get worse and it got so much worse. Yeah. No, it did. It got, it got, it was horrible. I mean, it was, um, it's something that, I mean, I've been to, my team's never, I mean, the team, the main team I root for is Stanford football and they've never won a national championship ever. So like all of their seasons for me have ended in some kind of heartbreak. Um, or there was a heartbreak early in the year that caused them to not make the college football championship. Like the year they had Christian McCaffrey, as a June, whatever year, and he was, uh, you know, uh, unstoppable, and and uh, they they finished the year ranked number three overall after demolishing Iowa in the Rose Bowl, but they had not made the college football playoff because uh, writers on the East Coast did not uh, watch his games or Stanford's games. So I've 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 endured. I mean, I've tried, I've flown all over the country for those games, and I've gone to you know I've been a Dodger fan my whole life and all that. So I've endured I've endured like heartbreak before, you know. I mean, I'm a fan of Clayton Kershaw, you know. So, yeah. but that was different. That was just different. It was so different, and it was just um, I don't know. I think so many things went into play like there was just a huge emotional buildup toward it and like um just so much excitement like I was just like we were on like cloud nine after the CS and it was just like especially for Pratt who's been there for so many years and it was just like they always hit up that edge of like they would either just get knocked out in the first round or the second round and he had never been to a world series before and that was just an ongoing theme and just having that like breakthrough moment was just such an amazing experience that we had never had before. And then to go from that to like, yeah. uh, it seems like the Astros are doing something weird here. This feels off to mm-hmm. losing and game like in seven games and having so many of those be so close to finding out everything we know now. It's just yeah. been like this ongoing saga of just total pain and misery. No, I mean, it's very, uh, yeah, it's, it was it was awful. I mean, you know, I tweeted during game five. I, I mean, I was sitting behind home plate and didn't uh, um, and just said, this is, uh, I don't know what I'm watching, but it's not baseball. Yeah. It wasn't, it doesn't have anything to do with the fact, I think the Dodgers were actually still winning the game at that point. It didn't have anything to do with uh, 
the result, the score, I mean, the, who was winning and had to do with the fact that, it, I mean, it did not feel like, I, I watch baseball for a living. It did not look like baseball to me. The Astros weren't swinging and missing. And I've been to, you know, um, a lot of baseball games have been a lot of his starts and seen the ball out of his hand. And he, and I've been there when he didn't have it and he was fine that night. So, you know, I, I knew it. It wasn't, it wasn't hindsight. It was, it was what I was watching at the time. And then, yeah, we were all commenting on it at the time. It's like, we didn't know what they were doing, but we're just like, something's something weird is happening. Yeah. I mean, at the time I was like, what's going on? Like, how come guys are, like, why is every ball, why is every pop-up a home run? Like, why are they squaring things up? Like, what the hell's going on, you know? Yeah. And it just <sighs> makes you, like, the thing that, like, keeps getting you, though, it's just, like, it creates such a crazy ripple effect because yeah. you think about, like, Clayton's narrative entire, entirely changes after that. Everyone's narrative changes after that. Everyone, like once you play for a World Series winning team, it just completely changes your resume and changes what kind of contracts you can get. It could change what, it would change what happened with Darvish. It yeah. would, you know, it, cha- it would have changed. I know, I know. All the support staff would have gotten, you know, not only would they have gotten more money, but they would have gotten, you know, that changes their resumes too. So I mean, it's it a effect. I mean, yeah, like Brandon Morrow has never been right since. I mean, they had to bring him into that. They had to bring him into that game like three days in a like three days in a row. And I don't know if that's, I mean, the game five or it was game five or whatever it was. You don't think about stuff like that, and I and it's hard to say if like that's why he hasn't been right. I mean, he hasn't been healthy right since then. It's hard to know, but like we do know that that relievers are. Um, not good on three days rest and that players are across every sport are more susceptible to injuries when they're tired. Yeah. Um, and there were just a lot of things that happened that didn't, um, that sucked about that. It just affects so many more people than I think most people realize. And I think it like it affects people's families, it affects people's livelihoods, but it also affects the players in a completely different way beyond like, oh, we didn't get a ring. Yeah. And it's just it's just so much deeper than that. And it's um, you know, I'm still amazed that they even made it to the World Series that next year because it was so bad in the regular season. But even beyond that, just mentally. <laughs> To be yeah. able to go to a World Series after that, I think our expectations were pretty low, but like that was kind of phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was. It really was. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, maybe a really good team will win, you know, a World Series. Um, I mean, I think out of pure protection, my expectations are always remaining low. Same with like the Cowboys. Like I just keep my expectations very low at all times. Yeah. And maybe something interesting will happen and maybe it won't, but either way, it's going to be weird. And I hate the playoff format, but that doesn't matter. I guess it sucks. Christ. It's just, I don't, they, I feel like, the league is just really determined to make everybody hate the sport. Yeah. 
No, they are. They're really determined. Like, it feels so, like, I'm not even excited about the, the playoffs. Like, this is insane. I, the, the games have been so boring to watch recently because it just feels like low stakes, which, and it's a weird year. So I don't even really, like, think of it in that terms. But just, like, the fact that they're thinking about keeping the playoff format just blows my mind. And whatever. Whatever. I mean, they're going to have to do a, do a, uh, a buy, a first and second round buy for, um, I'm sorry, a first round buy for the top two seeds. Because this is, they can't, it, I mean, they have to make it like the NFL does it if they're going to do this. Maybe do, uh, what's the NFL do? I, I forget how many, I don't even know how many teams they do and I'm too tired to look it up. But um, <laughs> no, but I mean, like, like, expand the playoffs have more but have have the top teams get a buy well there needs to be some sort of incentive to be the top team yeah yeah that's pretty much it um, yeah (sighs) well on that note (laughs) (laughs) yeah this is really uplifting i know i think i thought we did well yeah i think we did a good job (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um do you want people to follow you online sure you, want- you can follow me on my twitter molly underscore night <laughs> ding yeah <laughs> ding that's my little uh twitter thing you follow me on my twitter yeah um pirate does not have social media which was insane. Yeah, which is insane i know i could start a thing for him he should be an influencer and then you can get like, I'm worried. I'm like superstitious though. You know, he has health issues and I don't want to like, I don't know. I just feel like every day with him is a gift and I don't want to do some rollout and then jinx it, you know? Yeah. But he could be like, I mean, Marnie was around for a long time and she was an Instagram star. RIP. I know. Oh, that was awful. That was, that one hurt me. I really, you love Marnie. I love Marnie so much. I got, I'm just grateful that I got to meet Marnie that one time. I got to meet her at Clayton's um, ping pong. Oh, that's right. I know. You were acting creepy around Marnie. Oh my God. I was such a creep, but you know what, <laughs> what made it me feel more comfortable is this feels name droppy and I don't mean it to be, but Jack Black was standing next to me and was also being super creepy about Marnie. And that just made me feel better about it. Name droppy? Okay. We were at an event where there were celebrities. Yeah. Jack Black and Marnie the dog. And And he was losing his mind because he was so excited to meet Marnie and wanted to get a picture with her. And I was like, cool, this makes me feel way more comfortable. I was actually being way creepier about Jason Bateman. Oh, yeah. That was before I'd seen Ozark. And so, well, that was before Ozark though, right? You were just being creepy about a pre-Ozark Jason Bateman? I think Ozark was like a season in. Uh, I don't know about that. I think he was because maybe, um, maybe. yeah, I think it's, I think it was like a season in, but I still haven't seen Ozark. Well, so why were you being creepy about Jason Bateman? Because Arrested Development is like my favorite show. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And Brandon McCarthy was like, I don't know if he was partnered with him or what the situation was, but I literally cornered Brandon before anything happened. I was like, you're introducing me (laughs) and in a threatening way. And yeah, I love Ozark. Love Ozark. We're so behind on shows because it's really hard 
for me to convince Pratt to watch a show. But you're so behind on shows. I was thinking about this the other day because you didn't watch TV for so long. I didn't. So I watched, yeah, I didn't watch TV for a long time. So I, still I, I watched me out that you haven't sports. seen so many shows. I watched sports and movies, but I wasn't watching TV shows. I just didn't have time. I also lived in New York and I was just out. I was out doing stuff every day and like most nights. So I was a different era. It was like just a wholesome era, you know? Like I was just sort of, it was a different time before I was just on Twitter 24 hours a day. I mean, Twitter existed, but it wasn't like what it is now. It was like people being like, oh, I had a good, I had a good donut today, you know? Like it was just. Yeah, yeah, but like, what shows before any journalists were on there, like breaking stories? It was just like whatever. Um, yeah, it was like this is what I had for lunch today. Yeah, yes, and um, and it was pure. And, and yes, pure. And so I didn't really watch TV. So as soon as I um just started up, you know, got the streaming on my uh, TV, and uh, I mean, I didn't even have a TV in my room that did my bedroom that had streaming capabilities until like March the day before the pandemic everything shut down I freaked out went to Costco and bought a big ass tv and then I carried it out because they were like oh because they you know they Costco does free delivery and everything and but they were telling me like oh we can't deliver it for three weeks and I knew what was about to happen because that was when I was freaking out but people still didn't get it yet that we were going to be locked up for a year yeah so I was like, nope, I'm carrying it out. So I carried out this enormous TV in my shopping cart, got help somehow, like loaded it into my Prius. It's like the size of my Prius. And then uh, like I was driving home with it and it was just like wedged in there, like, like in the car. middle of the console and the pirate was somewhere in the car. And That's then um, I haven't I, seen that TV because I haven't seen you. Yeah. And then had my, um, uh, it's so big that I feel like I actually hurt my neck looking at it. <laughs> like, you know, when you, when you were a kid, like when you were a teenager and you went to the movies on Friday night and it was like, you'd sit in the front row cause you got there late and it was sold out or whatever. Yeah. Um, that's what it's like in my bedroom right now. Oh my God. Yeah. My neck, I'll be like, why does my neck hurt? Like what's going on my shoulder? I'm like, Oh, it's cause I'm like, my, my neck is like tucked into my head or my, my, uh, my chin is tucked into my chest and I'm trying to look at the sucker. Um, oh God. Yeah. So anyway, so it was a, like the best, one of the, one of the top five, no joke decisions I've ever made in my life was to get this TV before lockdown. Cause I've had you to get a new TV after lockdown. Yeah. So the, I watched, uh, um, the Office, or not The Office. I watched, what the hell is that show? 30 Rock from beginning yeah, to end. Yeah, I was going to ask if you finally watched 30 Rock. I did. I watched 30 Rock from beginning to end. I watched Ozark from beginning to end. Uh, what else did I watch? Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Oh, so good. I watched... Um, Have you seen Gilmore Girls? No. Oh. Okay. That was my era of no TV. Yeah, you need to watch Gilmore Girls. It's by the same creator as Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I watch. Oh, Secession, obviously. I still haven't seen the session because I keep. Yeah. But I was already, I had already watched the session because that was, that was airing on HBO on Sunday nights or, so it wasn't something I had to go back and stream. It's really the shows I'm missing are the shows that aired from like. 2000 to 2012. 
or no, 2015. Wait, so you still haven't seen Arrested Development? No. Oh my God. It's just the best show. I tried to watch The Office. It wasn't for me. I recognize that it's great. I'm not saying that, you know, people love mushrooms. They're not for me. Um, <laughs> Which, then, how much of The Office did you watch? I watched the first season. Oh my God. The first season is awful. Well, I can't, I mean, my God, you're asking me to. Okay. Excuse me. Season two is so good. And season three is so good. And like season one is just awful. And I would say like, don't even watch it. If if you had come to me first, oh my God, start with season. Season two is an entirely different show. Do you know that there are like 400 worthy television shows to stream right now and binge right now? And, you know, I'm not going to just watch one season that's awful and keep going. Like, well, I would have told you not to watch season one. Yeah. Well, that ship sailed. So it's okay. I got to do Parks and Rec. I'm going to do the Americans. Parks and Rec is that you're going to run into the same situation. Season mm-hmm. one's only okay. And then it gets good in season two. Oh, other shows I binged. The Good Place. Americans is the best show of all time. Mm, Veep is the best show of all time. Veep is great. The Americans is different though. Like I guess the Americans is the best dramatic show of all time. Yeah. In my humble opinion. Yeah. It's so good. I can't wait for you to watch it. I will like we we oh we binged that again. Like I've seen it three or four times now in its entirety, and it's just so good. I could just watch that all the time. Yeah. No, it's great. I just need to like, I feel like I just need to understand more about what shows you're watching because you have to watch season two of The Office and anyone listening to this will tell you the same thing. Yeah. If anyone's still listening at this point. (laughs) Speaking of things on TV, I watched that um, celebrity with an S um 2020 episode with like Britney and Paris Hilton and Kim Kardashian and I gotta tell you it was really interesting but I gotta tell you I was not at all prepared to watch a bunch of footage of Britney Spears circa 2003 and hearing her talk about how hard like her breakup with Justin was still emotionally affects me to this day yeah it still gets me no, I know. I mean, I, it's a lot. I was on Britney's Instagram today, upset again. It um, upsets me all the time. She was like, here's a picture of me that's new because I'm doing my hair. It's like, what? It makes me really sad. And I was got so sad watching all of this old footage of her. You know, I love talking about this so much. I mean, I don't know how to, um, even it's just hard to know you know like I want her to be we all everybody wants Britney Spears to be happy yeah everybody there's nobody oh I want her to be miserable like nobody and um she's just uh whatever is going on is not it's not it I just Um, want her to be happy and healthy yeah whatever she needs to do yeah yeah oh on that note free britney (laughs) hashtag free britney all right i'll let you go um i'm sure we'll just 
because we'll just keep talking. Yeah, I'm sure we'll all text in five minutes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Thanks for coming on. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.